It has. We have not recorded in a while. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's our new greeting. Yeah. Yeah, it's been I think a while. we should change that. I think we should too. Yeah, I've been crazy busy, and I know you have too with some new job changes and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's been a lot. I think that so much has happened since our last episode. I think that before the last time we spoke, there was no iPhone XS. There was no Apple Watch Series 4. Right. We were still under the assumption that there would be an air power mat someday, and that still hasn't <laughs> happened. Yeah. Thanks, Apple. Uh, not that I was going to buy the $149 wireless charger. That's not in the in the budget. I mean, if this podcast <laughs> made more money, maybe, but at this point, no. Yeah. But there was something that happened recently, and I don't think that you or I really had this on our horizon other than watching Westworld and seeing people fold out brochure-style mobile devices. But yeah. since we last spoke, that kind of became a reality. Yeah, if, when you when I first saw this in the news, I... I thought, yeah, you know, these concept articles come up a lot where it's like, what's the next kind of phone going to be like? You know, you saw foldable type phones in these in these kind of ads before, but now it's a reality. Well, yeah, it was uh, always something that you saw in either sci-fi and then earlier in January of this year, um, back at CES, we saw the, uh, I think it was called the Rolio Flex Pie. And it was a dumpster fire of a device. <laughs> did you see that thing? I did not. Well, it was kind of like somebody took the idea of a folding phone and they're like, what's the minimum viable product? And I think that that's exactly what they did. And that's, that's what you saw. Well, is this what it seems like people are just rushing out to get these devices just to be the first one to have a successful model. I mean, but we've seen TVs in recent in the past year or so that come folded up in a box and it unro unrolls in, into a TV. So we yeah, know you... technology was there for foldable screens for about a couple of years now, at least. Yeah. Did you see the uh, the LG that they were showing off at CES? Yeah. Yeah, that thing is that thing is super cool. And I think that's a really practical application of it. And I kind of want to touch on that form factor later because I think the design of that TV is really informative about what the actual future of folding phones will look like. Mm -hmm. Um and I think the the two we want to talk about today are kind of a step in that direction, but there may be a, a half step. Yeah. I mean, they're still the first of their kind. Well, in a way that can, that have come out to the consumers that a lot of people might actually buy at least one of them. They seem to work and they seem like quality products, you know, that they don't look like demo devices. I, I think they're, I think it's like at the, it's definitely the early adopters uh, phase, but it's, it's almost like a beta product that you can buy at this point, right? Right. That's what it, that's what it feels like because there is, is such new technology, something that no one has ever had before. And, uh, I mean the, the two that we are going to talk about are the mate X and the galaxy fold. 
Um, one of which is very, very expensive. The Madex at like two grand or something like that. Well, they're both two grand. The the Madex is twenty six hundred dollars. Yeah. After you do the the conversions and the and the Galaxy Fold is, um, I think it's going to be nineteen hundred and eighty U.S. dollars. Yeah. So premium devices. It's not like you're you're just getting a mid level device that can fold in half. You know, it's like it's it's going to be very usable and and polished. You know. Yeah, and I I feel like even though these are very early, it's exciting to me because for a while phones have been a very known quantity. And right. I I mean I think really all electronic devices probably since the Nintendo Switch have had very regular basic not really basic but expected form factors. Mhm. Everything is now moving to an all-screen device and it's ubiquitous now but before you know everyone had a home button and a lot of devices look the same. And now a lot of devices are copying each other. And uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot with foldable phones if, if that continues on. Yeah, and I think we're reaching um, not only market saturation with cell phones, but we're also running up against physics, I think, as well. I think that a lot of people want larger and larger devices, as we've seen with, you know, the the beginning with the Note line of phones and then going into the plus models of the iPhones, like everybody wants a bigger screen. Right. There's always been a fine balance between form and function and cell phones, especially with Samsung and Apple and these companies that are trying to push the envelope on both sides, you know, and this is kind of a perfect evolution of both of those. You know, you you want a device that looks premium and looks nice and something that you want to uh, buy over another product, but it also has to function usefully you know you can't just have it fold and not have any reason for it to fold (laughs) you know like is it going to add anything to the device is it going to make it different from you know just having an ipad and a cell phone separately yeah and i feel like the the manufacturers are looking for some way to stand out and just like a sea of of black slabs and they do Mm -hmm. that with you know different colors and device finishes and what's interesting about these these folding phones is that you're really getting to a truly new product right something that we couldn't do before but there are a lot of caveats that come along with them and i think that we should i think that we should talk about those because there's a lot of them Yeah, and uh, I think the number one thing for me would be durability of the screen technology because it's not been tested in on a consumer level before this yes. extensively in something like a cell phone. Let's talk about the um, about the Galaxy Fold first. Okay. So, what are your initial impressions of that device? Watching some demo video of it it looks nice like it looks like a premium device looks like it has glass back you know metal hinge metal band around it it looks it has a familiar you know iphone three camera 
or, or uh, two camera system. I'd actually admit, is it three cameras or two cameras on the back? It's five cameras. Five cameras on the back. Well, I think it's five cameras total. I think oh, there okay, are. Gotcha. I think there may be two cameras on the front of the device, and then okay. there are, or, or no, there's a camera on the front, and I think there's three cameras on the back and two on the inside. Yeah, something like that. Okay. I mean, when it's folded closed, it's kind of an odd shaped device. It's more like a more narrow than you you might be used to, and kind of more and longer. You know what I mean? Um, and skinnier, I guess, is a, a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly like the the phone screen of it. it Are you talking like they, about the the outside? Yes. It's just kind of like it's windowed. You would think that like the whole front of that would be a screen, but it's it's not. Well, there's there's just like a lot of bezel. There's like a lot of chin right. and a lot of forehead. Like and it's, it's like the main part. Like is almost like they want you to not use it and just use the folded out part of the screen, which looks super cool in in someone's hand because it's a smaller. It's like a really small iPad, but it's your phone. Yeah. So if you haven't um seen this dear listener it's on the front of the device there's a 4.6 inch screen but the device is much larger than that in fact there's probably an inch and a half would you say at the top yeah and the bottom yeah yes so it's kind of like there's one screen on the outside and then when you open it up there's a 7.3 inch diagonal folding screen yeah and how they're able to achieve this is there's um, a technology called OLED that's used in TVs and screens, and it, it's very thin, and there's no backlighting in it. So what that means for the device is the LED panel is able to fold in on itself and allows it to essentially uh, double over because mm-hmm. there's no backlight. And they they said a whole bunch of stuff about how durable the screen is and how it'll last, you know, a certain amount of time without it having a crease. You know, that's I feel like that's going to be a concern. It's going to be the next like bend gate because you know, you don't know like how durable these these screens are yet. Like is it going to like stretch out? Like, you know, is it going to crack or what? Yeah, for sure. I think that we definitely know that um more long-term testing needs to be done um the one thing that worries me about the the durability is while they're able to bend the led screen that led screen is not made of glass and the devices aren't covered with glass right so because it's a plastic uh lens over the screen that means that it's gonna scratch Exactly. So to kind of avoid that, Samsung has put the screen on the inside. So what do you think about the screen opening like a book and having the screen on the inside? I th- I think that looks very satisfying to use actually. Uh I I think it makes sense to have that the big the biggest screen of the device uh be on the inside cuz I I I worry about scratching my phone as it is. That's why I have a case on it. Yeah. I my only concern is with the screen on the inside. You know when you fold something over, like if you take a piece of paper and you fold it in half, there's that radius. 
mm-hmm. because you can't you can't fold it perfectly flat like a book. So there's always a going to be a little bit of a radius on the inside of the device or if you put the screen on the outside on the outside of the device. Yeah. I'm worried that by putting the screen on the inside you're you're maybe opening yourself up to more creases and more crinkles, you know? Well, it I'm not sure how it works with the hinge because the hinge looks like it comes out a little bit. So does yeah, it if, does it actually fold it flat like creased no. at the no. No, it doesn't. So when if you look at the if you look at the fold the Galaxy Fold when it's closed, it's not perfectly flat towards the hinge portion of the phone. So Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's that that little bit of a radius of the screen in there. I wonder if that is on purpose. Yeah, it it has to be there right now because they can't fold the uh OLED. Can't fold it flat enough, yeah. Yeah. Without it, you know, affecting the quality of it. So the Mate 10, if the if the Galaxy Fold has one screen on the outside and then on the inside there's a larger screen that opens up, the fold is is uh folded like a book, right? So the Mate 10, the screen wraps the other way, so it's kind of on the outside of the phone. So when the device is closed, it just looks like a thick normal cell phone. But then when you open it up, it becomes a flat tablet with with a uh, kind of a grip on one side that has the cameras and the processor and all that kind of stuff. Like when you look at it just as the front screen, just the one screen, not the big screen, not when it's folded closed, it looks like a just a phone. You know, it looks just like an all screen device. And that's what I like about the Mate 10. And there's actually m- more than two screens actually there's actually another screen on the back when it's folded it's just it's just one screen it's one continuous screen it's it's not like it's like split you know on the 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 curve of the of the screen and so you have two you have a front and back screen yeah so like if you're looking at the at the mate 10 when it's open it looks like a tablet and then when right. you close it the hinge area or the fold goes goes black so on the back of the device it also goes black as well if you're not using it and then the front just looks like just a normal phone with the with the galaxy fold i think the fact that they have two screens it makes for some interesting software um, interactions like you know their demo of Google Maps, how it kind of like handed off from the small screen mm-hmm. to the to the big screen, and this is all just actually one screen that that just unfolds. So that's kind of the biggest difference between these two. Yeah. So, so what are your feelings about those those two designs? Which one do you prefer? And if you had to take a guess, which way do you think the market's going to go? Probably go with the fold. It seems a little smaller. And more pocketable, I guess. And I'd be worried about just laying this phone down anywhere because it's it's literally the whole thing is a screen. And uh, I don't know how a case would work on something like this. I think there's going to be a period where these phones are going to start coming out and there's not going to be one clear winner right away. You know what I mean? And now this is kind of a new, like we said before, like a 
like this is new territory, so people don't know what's going to work yet. I think it, there's going to be multiple avenues. Like I think both designs can work, but I still think they need to be refined a lot. Yeah. I my personal feeling about the two is the fold, the fact that it has that secondary screen on the front and those handoff features with the software like I appreciate that and I think that's I think that's cool, but ultimately I think that it is kind of not cheating, but maybe cheating a little bit. Um I think that the the what the market will end up going for is a design that's more like the Mate ten because I think I, I in in my personal opinion it just looks more futuristic and more um of kind of a next generation device whereas the fold feels like an intermediate step because it is leveraging that outside screen in combination with the inside screen does that does that make sense yeah yeah definitely i mean this i think the when you think of a foldable phone you probably would think of the mate 10 but I, that's what that's what i like about the fold is that it's it's not what i expected so I, I like that they're coming out with something that's you know not exactly the same like when the notch came out now it's on every android phone coming out <laughs> yeah um, so i'm glad there's diversity i, I don't know which one I'd really prefer unless I actually got to use one. I'm just glad they're being made. Yeah. And my personal opinion is, well, probably you and I may never see these in the wild. And I'm assuming that there's a, about a 0% chance that we'll ever see a mate 10 in the wild in the United States, just because over the past few months, there's just been all this controversy around Huawei and the fact that you know, they may be a bad actor in the whole wireless space and that they're really kind of owned by the Chinese government or at least heavily influenced. And, you know, given the political climate in the U.S. and the, the, the trade wars that are going on, I, I just I think there's a lot of mistrust and I'm not sure if, if I'll ever see one of those, you know. Well, speaking of um, different designs, what would you think Apple would do with a foldable device? You know, Apple has been um, filing patents for folding devices and Mm -hmm. alternative form factors for a long time. And if you think back to 2007, there were a lot of smartphones that had came out and were in use you had you know obviously the trios and blackberries and windows mobile and and all that kind of stuff but apple is often not the first person to come out with or the first company to come out with a product i think that they usually wait until they can do something at scale right and I think what that really takes is a maturing of the market. And I think that it may not be 20, it's definitely not going to be 2019. And I don't think it'll be 2020 before 
we see a, a folding device from Apple. Um, and that, that kind of, it's an interesting conversation to talk about the, uh, kind of owning the full stack, right? With, Mm -hmm. with, I, I think Samsung has a slight advantage in this because, you know, they make, um, a lot of iPhone displays. I don't know if they make a hundred percent of them, but the, if you, if you have an iPhone 10 or a 10 S already, that screen it's folded at the bottom. That's how they're able to get the uh, radius of the corners mm-hmm. down is because the screen folds under and then plugs into the, the motherboard. Right. So mm-hmm. <sighs> Apple often uses different kinds of technologies. They they would view like a folding screen as like a piece of technology that they can use to create something else. It's not it's not the 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 feature of the phone. But when you have the when you have Samsung, they kind of own the full stack. So it may be the case that that Samsung is ahead because they make the screens, the processors, the RAM, everything. Yeah, that's a good point. What do you think the benefit is to having a foldable smartphone? Like, what what applications could you see yourself using this? The most obvious benefits to consumers is the fact that you know you oftentimes want to watch a video on a larger screen, and if you're able to uh, flip your device open and watch. Uh, a video that's um, larger. That's an obvious advantage. Reading books could be reading comics on the device. You know, any, any of those instances where, where you would want a larger screen. I think, I think there's a lot of utility there. Yeah. Do you think they'll manufacture some kind of incentive into using both screens for different applications? Like say you, can't answer the phone unless you're it's folded up when you fold it out you know you might get more options like when you have your iphone in um, landscape mode you have the keyboard is larger it uh has more options and stuff like that not necessarily just about the keyboard but maybe adobe coming out with another version of premiere just for foldable smartphones yeah i think i think for i think for sure we'll see that stuff and I think that while Samsung may have all the hardware advantages, meaning that they can create their own processors and screens and stuff, Apple already has a huge advantage in the fact that there are size classes in iOS. So, you know, when you're creating an an iPhone app, that app can be, it can look one way on a, on a iPhone 10, and then it can look another way on a, on a 10s max. And then it can look another way on your iPad. So I think, iOS itself is more ready to scale to those different form factors than, than Android is because Android apps are kind of, they have frameworks in place, but not everybody adheres to those. And there's, you know, if you get outside of like Gmail maps and the Microsoft suite, you really don't have any great tablet apps that, that I'm aware of. Yeah. I mean, what do you think this does for tablets? What does it mean for the tablet market that people can kind of have a tablet and a phone in one? Yeah, I and I I think that that could be an apprehension for for Apple. You know, I think that they 
really want to continue to sell the iPads. We've seen kind of a stabilization quarter over quarter as the financial results have came in over the over the past few years. We've seen the iPad get to a place where the growth is steady now, whereas mm-hmm. it seemed to be like plateaued for a while because I think everybody had bought an iPad that wanted an iPad and then the first uh, upgrade cycles were really kind of coming about. And it's it's definitely something that the manufacturers that make both those kinds of devices will have to take into account because you're going to gain some revenue somewhere, but it's probably going to cause you to lose some revenue somewhere else, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's maybe what Apple's trying to figure out as well, not only trying to create the, the device, but where it fits in with their other products. Yeah, for sure. I always have a case on my phone. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yes, always. Yeah, because you want your phone to stay pristine, you know, not get scratches and all that. I think yep. there is going to be an interesting problem, maybe not problem, challenge might be the right word, for case makers. As I said before, I feel like there's going to be a few different designs. Yeah. You know, we already see two totally different kinds that you can buy. Well, some people can buy in the near future. Where do you think this will leave case makers? I think it's going to be super challenging for them because you're already dealing with a device that's bigger than a standard um, cell phone. So, and not only that, but so you're adding bulk and then there's not really a way to protect the whole device and not obscure some some portion of the screen or at best it's a bumper. I yeah. don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, Apple's made it pretty easy on case makers for them, at least for a while. <laughs> you know, they've kept the, the design has been relatively the same over the years. So there haven't been a lot of challenges for them, I guess. So it will be interesting to see what uh, they can come up with. Yeah, and I think the cases are going to be really important because, I mean, in lieu of some kind of um, flexible glass, plastic is just inherently a softer material, you know? Yeah. So I think we're either going to have really scratched up devices for a while or there's going to be some kind of innovation in in the in the glass of the screens i mean i i don't know if there's some way to like at the hinge portion of the phone use a flexible plastic there and like maybe um kind of make that naturally flow into you know a standard glass screen i'm i'm not sure and if you were to do that, I mean, what would it look like in the middle? You know, would it would the screen color be off because you're using two different materials? There's just a lot of challenges yeah. there. Do you see yourself buying a foldable phone in the next five years? I definitely think that a some kind of foldable device will be in my, you know, daily rotation within the next probably I would say 3 years. Okay. I think that uh I personally will definitely not buy one of these first generation devices. I think I probably want to wait for the market to decide if it's a good thing first. Mm-hmm. And then 
Secondly, I want to see, I mean, it's like with every product category, right? I want to see what Apple does because I think that they have the patience to wait it out and see what um, works in the market. And once they do that, I think that they will, you know, make something. Yeah, I think I'm on in the same boat. I Obviously, I want one. <laughs> It'd be really cool. I think we said this before. Like My 10, my iPhone 10 works great. No issues. I have plenty of space on it. It's fast. Mm. Camera's great. Screen's great. Batteries is good actually still. So I don't I don't have a need for a new device and I probably won't for the next couple of years. So I'm not itching to get a new type of device like this, but like you said, I would like Apple to come out with something awesome. I like that these kind of devices are actually going into the wild and not just a concept anymore. I'm really excited to see what happens with them. And I think they're going to, I don't think it's a, uh, like a flash in the pan. I think that foldables are here to stay, but I still think that my next phone will be a flat device because I just don't think it'll be ready yet. Especially for if it's your only phone, like your daily driver. The two devices that we've talked about so far were Androids, and I know you've been using an Android that you actually like that's not made by Apple. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to see your thoughts on that device and Android in general, coming yeah. from someone who's was made in a lab in, uh, in California by Apple. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I have been using a Samsung Note 9 for work for the past few months. And as far as the hardware goes, the battery on this thing is incredible. It's a it's a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. So there's, there's never a point when I'm worried if I'm going to make it through a day with this thing. Admittedly, I don't, I don't use it all day long. Um, I primarily use it for work and work tasks. But what I can say is the only reason that I I think I enjoy this device is because of the stylus. It really creates for some interesting interactions, which kind of speaks to to what we were talking about with these foldables. Yeah. I was just kind of, when work gave me the option to choose which device, I, I, I went with this one because of the stylus and I just wanted to see what that interaction was like. And overall the device is is pretty good from a hardware standpoint. The only place where I think it falls down is on the application front and the OS front. In what ways? Like is it slow or um it's not really it's not really slow. It's it's actually pretty speedy. Okay. The only areas where I think it falls down are in the authentication front. So like when I pick up this device and I open the Starbucks app, right? It yeah. it always it I, I seem to it always wants me to sign in. 
There are okay. quirky things with like banking applications like Chase and Bank of America. Like it just won't remember that I've set up the fingerprint sign in for some reason. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And and so it 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 prompts me to to use one password to sign in. So it's like I can still use my fingerprint, but on the iPhone 10, which is like my personal phone, when I look at that screen, it just unlocks and it's just way more convenient. Yeah, I've I've noticed lately that I've been having to sign in to things a lot more often and just a lot more in general in the past couple of years. Is that happening uh, to you on iOS? Um, no, ju- I mean, just like in general, like I just have a lot of accounts that, you know, I have to log into. Um, on iOS, for me, uh, uh, yeah, like, like, like you said, I have no issues. I just look at my device. Uh, yeah, I don't think that Android has figured out what they want to do on the authentication front. So, like, you know, the, the S10 just came out from Samsung, the Galaxy S10 and, mm-hmm. and the, uh, what is it called? The S10 Plus? I'm not, I'm not even sure, but those phones use that ultrasonic, um, fingerprint scanner that's built into the screen. And that's all fine and good. And it, and it's looks really cool. But in some of the reviews, like I think the review from the New York Times, Brian Chin was having issues and he just felt like it was a very, small area that you had to touch mm, so gotcha i i my feeling is that apple's just so far ahead with with face id but i also get the sense that some people just you know old habits die hard kind of thing they just prefer to sign in using their fingerprint you know mm-hmm. yeah it's funny you say that's like the old old way now signing in with your fingerprint when it used to be like the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And and this Note 9 it has facial recognition, but it's just slow. It's just it's just not as good. And I I I think that the um you know, I think Android's greatest strength is also its its greatest weakness. So it's it's you know, a bit more uh air quotes open, but what that what that also means is that there's not somebody that's reviewing everything as closely as they should to see, you know, does this application adhere to the platform standards? And with all the different hardware, you know, targeting targeting screen sizes and all that kind of stuff is just a lot more challenging on the Android side. Yeah. So when we're talking about, you know, the Mate 10 and the Galaxy Fold, it's like at the end of the day, Will these manufacturers and Google get together and make a product that is as cohesive and nice as what we know will someday come from Apple? So thanks for listening. Um, We hope that you'll come back and hear us again. We want to do this more regularly, and I know that me and Nick have been busy, but that's that's not really an excuse, is it, Nick? Yeah, no excuses. No excuses. Yeah, we should definitely record more. I mean, we should just hang out more, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. In general. Yeah. Even though, even though we're talking, we're not even, in, we're talking on the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we're still kind of hanging out. Yeah, I think that we need to um, both record more 
and hang out more. But anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening and come back for more. And hopefully it won't be as infrequent as it has been because with all these foldy, crazy gadgets coming out and the possibility of a portable PlayStation 5 and all that kind of things, I think we're going to have more to talk about. <laughs>